This is Danhausen's very nice, very evil introduction to you, the Fanhausen's, who are listening to the Rough House podcast. And if you do not, well, guess what? Danhausen has a special message for you. And so does uh, Christoph and Marty Housen. Guess what it is? That's right. Up yours. Listen to the podcast or up yours. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode 246 for October the 10th, 2021. Sequential twos all days today. (laughs) Uh, Hi, I'm Marty. And I'm Christoph. Welcome, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, listening to the program. We appreciate you listening, yes. and uh, all of our fun, wonderful, amazing patrons out there. We appreciate yous as well. Yeah, uh, I got uh, a new Patreon episode uh, posted up there as well today. Yes, indeed. Uh, it'll be a rough house divided. We haven't yet recorded it yet, so I, it's not like I can tease like some crazy come from behind victory or, or something like that. It'll be amazing. <laughs> I mean, come it's it, those, those episodes are always super fun. If if you've never listened to uh, A Rough House Divided, it's me and Chris talking about movies, doing some trivia, and then ranking films. So if yeah. you are movie nerds like us, uh, you'll very much enjoy it. And I also wanted to take a quick moment at the top to say uh, thanks to those who reached out. Um, you know, last week was a rough week for your boy. Um, I really appreciate the kind words and positive thoughts in my direction. So thank you, OG538, for being so damn dependable. That was very, very kind of y'all. Wonderful group of people we got here. Yes, indeed. But Chris, yes, sir. go ahead and start early with the biggest news. The wrestling war is officially on, Chris. We, we've touched on it. We've oh, gone around it. Leaving Look, with this, huh? Okay. Yeah, I, I think we have to. Uh, okay. Because... This is th- this is going to be the thing that the most irritating people on the internet are going to be most focused on for the next seven plus days. Yeah, luckily I missed the discourse yesterday because I was uh, doing yard work and cleaning the house. <laughs> so I missed all the discourse, which was really refreshing. One actually. of those rare moments where yard work was actually positive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I got a new handheld chainsaw that I really was looking forward to uh, having fun with. Okay, so that was- that's awesome. That's amazing. But <laughs> what, what's going to happen is, you know, people who are way too invested in the AEW WWE war mm. are going to be super invested this week, this coming mm-hmm. week, as Friday night. So we've got no dynamite on Wednesday. Dynamite right. bumped to Saturday night. Because of uh, baseball I, I, playoffs, uh, it's either baseball or NBA. Any way okay. you look at it, TNT preempting them, punting them to a live show on Saturday, Friday night. SmackDown will not be on Fox. SmackDown will be on FSU or FSN F- rather. Oh, I was, I was, yeah. they're going to be a Florida State University. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> they're they're going to be on Fox Sports Network. Okay, and for reasons 
I can't even determine. They have decided that SmackDown will be a two and a half hour long program. Not two hours, not three hours, two and a half hours with an extra half hour going into the 10 p.m. block. Meaning we will have head to head the A brand WWE SmackDown with AEW's secondary show Rampage if just for one half hour. Yeah. And well, I mean, historically, the first half hour Rampage has been uh the better ratings grabber uh, yeah yeah they, because, they, they put the 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 more yeah. eye-catching more uh i guess in the cm punk matches yeah. first yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um so so yeah uh it, it will be interesting to see one what smackdown saves for that half hour yes um you know considering that it won't be on fox proper it's not they're not going to garner the same rating that they typically get on Fox. There's very slim chance of that happening because, yeah. um, you know, now they're slumming it on basic cable again. Uh, yeah. And, and every time that Smackdown has gone to Fox Sports Network, it has been a considerable drop. I mean, I, I yeah. think uh, last year when they were doing it, we're looking at like 600, 700,000 viewers versus the nearly two million yeah. That they have on Friday night, sometimes a little above, sometimes a little below two mil, but still the right. roughly two million viewers they have on Friday nights on Fox, they get a quarter of that on uh, Fox Sports. So already we're looking right. at a less than <clears throat> show from the jump. Right. So just because, you know, you're moving from broadcast to cable and then on top of that, what's airing on broadcast baseball yeah. playoffs is been, they've been doing pretty well in the ratings so far um, through the wild cards and into the divisional rounds here. So yeah. uh, most likely will continue to garner good ratings, which will hurt both shows. Yes. So I'm not expecting Rampage to to do their – they've been pretty consistent around like what, 650 to 700,000 in that range? Uh, we, we're still seeing what the floor is for yeah. Rampage because you had the inflated first week. Of right. it being the first week, and they put the Kenny Omega Christian match on there. The second week did insane numbers because of the CM Punk return. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's been a slow decline with some ebbs and flows. But yeah, 600, 700,000 seems to be the, the core. I mean, knowing what TNT was doing in that. Uh, in that time slot. What, a replay of Geostorm? <laughs> exactly. That, that drew maybe 200,000 viewers if they were lucky. Like, th- these yeah. are great numbers for the time sure. slot, but we are going to have, for the first time, WWE main roster proper going one-on-one with AEW content. Tony Khan jumping on Twitter and, uh, what can I say? He he kicked the, the hornet's nest and said, yeah. this is what he has been looking forward to. He's looking forward to the moment of taking his show and his roster and going one-on-one with the biggest name in the game in WWE. Sure. And, you know, some people have uh, uh, gotten on him about it, and he's responded in in different tweets like, this isn't him pulling in Eric Bischoff. He doesn't want to fight Vince McMahon in the ring. Right. He just wants to know where he stands against WWE. He wants to know... If the product that he's putting out is compelling enough to beat the wow. bigger show of 
you know, the the biggest brand in professional wrestling. I think internally he knows it's not the product that's the issue. It's the brand recognition that's the thing. That's really what we're measuring here. But And Tony Khan seems like the kind of guy that if SmackDown beats this, you know, this extra half hour SmackDown beats the first half hour Rampage, Tony is a guy who will most likely – you know, eat some humble pie, congratulate uh, WWE on winning the half hour, and then move on and, and you know, tweak uh, as necessary and keep moving on. He's not going to try and uh, <laughs> spin it and inflate some kind of bullshit, uh, you know, in, 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 in dogs age seven plus we scored, uh, you know, a five share or whatever. He's not going to do that kind of bullshit that Vince would probably try and do. So, um, you know, it's it's actual competition and you know he already announced the card for the show did he not uh yeah yeah we 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 do have the card uh for rampage hang on let me go ahead and bring it up i know we've got cm punk versus matt seidel a match put together uh for uh rampage by leo rush um we've got the bunny Mm -hmm. and ruby soho plus the six-man tag uh, of the men of the year and uh, Junior oh, Dos Santos yeah. Yeah. against the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, live show for Rampage on Friday uh, coming from the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida, which is home to the first live on the road uh, Rampage, or excuse me, not Rampage, Dynamite after uh, COVID ah, ended. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Well, COVID ended. COVID, uh, well, COVID restrictions. Places reopened. Yes, uh, yes. Places reopened. Yeah. So you, you got to imagine the punk match is leading off there. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's going to be, it, it's funny. It's going to be two ex WWE guys. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I recognize pretty much everyone who's a name in professional wrestling has gone through WWE, period. So it's, it's, it's harder to say, you know, ex WWE guys are not ex WWE guys, but it is two guys who are most notable. For right. their WWE runs. Um, and that will undoubtedly be the first match on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd imagine they'd save some kind of Roman Reigns segment uh, to probably end the regular broadcast and bleed it into that overrun half yeah, hour. We'll, we'll is what have I would to do. see because so far what's announced for this supersized edition of SmackDown, uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks in a non title match, which may be the main event that goes that half okay. hour uh an appearance by brock lesnar as they continue to build to blood money in the jungle round four or five or whatever we're at now uh yeah. a semifinal match for the king of the ring with finn balor versus Sami Zayn. a semifinal match of the Qu- queen's crown tournament the first ever women's queen of the ring uh carmella versus Zelina vega which is an absolute cool. nothing match wow. and uh naomi will be getting a match with the returning to the ring sonia deville okay so they have stuff announced, and shockingly, it's, a woman heavy uh, it's show. mostly women. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, but I, I think it's either going to be the Brock Lesnar to do will be in that half hour, sure, uh, which undoubtedly will involve Roman, um, or it's going to be the Becky Sasha match, which goes into that half hour, basically putting in ring with two of their biggest stars in Becky and Sasha against Punk and Side Al. If I'm Vince McMahon, I'm booking Brock Lesnar versus the Usos in a handicap match for <laughs> for that time slot because that's that's money right there oh, with Roman on the outside and Paul Heyman suspended above the ring in a cage. That I'm not gonna lie, that sounds awesome. 
<laughs> just saying, I'm an idea guy. I, I, I got I'm, I'm right. very, very into that. Uh, but you know what, a couple Chris? Of shekels for that, Vince. Thank well, you. you know, we got a lot more AEW to dig into over the course of uh, this episode. Let's very, very quickly get into the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. So, Chris, WWE mm. was in our backyard last weekend. Oh, yeah. I had forgotten about that. Last Friday night, it was the first of two nights of the WWE draft from the chicken box, the Baltimore Arena, <laughs> Royal Farms Arena uh, in downtown Baltimore, Maryland. It was the first night of the WWE draft. Yeah. Um, some definite head scratchers over the two nights of the draft. I would say the biggest bit of confusion for me, Chris. Yep. They did these changes to all the rosters. Do you know they started on October 1st? Okay. Friday night, October 1st, they yeah. started the draft. Do you know when the rosters go into effect? Um, November 22. <laughs> not, not far off, Chris. Okay. Friday, October 22nd. Three sure. weeks. Okay. Three Why? weeks after the I mean, draft. I guess you got your blood money show. Yes, it is the day after Crown Jewel. Uh, which will be on oh. Thursday. So half the crew gets to fly right f- directly from Saudi Arabia to wherever the hell SmackDown is taking place on the 22nd. What could go wrong? Yeah, yeah it's never gone <laughs> wrong before. Um, Look forward to the plane ride from hell too. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> episode of Dark Side eventually. Um, I, I think one of my my favorite random notes from the draft, uh, based off of uh, the night one picks, <clears> is <throat> taking a look at how people were drafted uh the duo of happy corbin and riddick moss now named madcap moss are oh, considered God. more important. madcap yes when is the last time you've heard the word madcap used in popular vernacular prior to this instance <laughs> oh you say prior to this instance i can't yeah. even i can't even begin to tell you decades is the answer fucking but, decades but they were picked by smackdown before Raw picked the Raw, excuse uh, me, not the Raw, the, the overall WWE Women's Tag Team Champions of Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. Wow. So a duo that basically got announced on that 10-1 show of Happy Corbin and his buddy Madcap Moss. Because Ma- Moss wasn't even named until right. that night. They are more important than the Women's Tag Team Champions. Sure. Yeah. No. Well, women, you know, that's how that's how Vince Vince sees things. I think from what I saw of the draft results, again, the most infuriating lapse of logic that I've seen is them not taking the new day altogether. I understand that Big E is a WWE champion. I understand that Kofi and Woods are doing a tag team bit right now, but they are still associated with each other. Yep. In 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 overall WWE storylines. And you have the opportunity to take a group or faction together. So why the fuck in any sort of logical way would not picking all three of them, three for the price of one, not make – why? Just fucking – it makes zero – it's infuriating. No, I I, I have no disagreement here. It's it's very, very weird. I mean Reigns and Big E being the first two picked made – total sense well sure Uh, smackdown wanting to keep their champion um raw wanting to keep their champion what was very weird to me is smackdown gets the raw women's champion in charlotte 
And Raw is going to get Becky Lynch, the SmackDown champion. Wow. Well, I'm I'm sure uh, they're just going to sw- swap belts swap, like they swap did. Titles, yeah. yeah, which always helps with keeping titles looking strong. Sure. Um, yeah, just th- there's there's some some strange things here. I mean, some stuff it's whatever you know. Edge and Seth Rollins are both going to Raw, so their feud's going to continue. They're going to have a Hell in a Cell match as amount, uh, as announced on uh, SmackDown. So I guess okay. it's going to be on the Hell in the Cell pay per view uh, later in October. Okay, um, yeah. He's Domin- got a good history with Hell in the Cell matches, does Seth Rollins? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ray and Dominic are getting moved over to Raw as a duo. Austin Theory getting the call up. He's coming up to Raw. Okay. Uh, Hit Row as a group are being brought into SmackDown. Uh, and it was a, a very big moment for uh, two people in particular, Top Dalla and Ashanti the Adonis, both Maryland natives. They got mm-hmm. drafted on the SmackDown show from Baltimore. So it was a cool little moment for them. Um, What was kind of embarrassing was B-Fab was identified multiple times as Fab B by the commentators. (laughs) So great work there. Also kind of baffling about the Hit Row uh, pickup is that Isaiah Swerve Scott is the NXT North American champion, has been since June 29th, and has yet to defend it. He will be defending it this coming week on NXT. Which, Gee, I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's defending it against Santos Escobar, who I believe he defeated for it. Uh, uh, that was oh, he no, was no, the Cruzador champion. Jo- he beat um, he beat uh, Bronson Reed. I'm I'm incorrect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. remember him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, June 29th. It is October wow. 10th as we record this. The man has yet to defend the belt. Yikes. And now we're finally getting a match between him and Santos Escobar. Uh, okay. Just, just some baffling stuff. I'm excited for Hit Row. I mean, they are probably one of the most complete things in NXT right now that at least okay. will probably get a call up. Um, I, I like them a lot. They they can promo. They've got great characters. Swerve is a hell of a guy in the ring. Yep. Uh, B-Fab needs a lot of work, as her match on NXT last week showed. Uh, but, of course, you know, she got drafted two days later. So, clearly, that means nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's potential for them. But I don't <laughs> I don't trust WWE with potential uh, at you? all. <laughs> if uh, the past 15 years have been any kind of judge for that, then yeah. Uh, and, and the final draft pick uh, on television was Raw getting Gable Stevenson, where they did the whole thing where they quickly – and they hadn't shown Gable at all prior to this, right. which I thought was of hysterical. Yeah. But they showed him – in his house with his family. They did the whole basically NFL draft feel for right. it. Um, but who knows when we'll see him because he's still got a you know a, a, a school year to complete and uh, a final NCAA championship to go for. So wow. who the hell okay. knows? Who sure. the hell knows? Uh, also, Rich, that Holland, contract, uh, Rich Holland and Zia Lee got drafted over to SmackDown. So, Rich uh, Holland. Rich Holland, he was the former rugby player who uh, Sid vicioused his leg. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Zia Lee's ending up where? Uh, she's on SmackDown. She does not have the, the, the spooky uh, demon boss anymore, though. Okay. All right. I'd, I'd like uh, watching Zia Lee kick people. So, yeah, yeah. you know, not that I'm going to watch fucking WWE or anything, but <laughs> you know, happy for Zia Lee getting that payday. Yes. Always been a big, big fan of those thighs. I mean, her kicks and athletic prowess. She's very athletic. Um, on the NXT side of things, uh, really, it's 
I don't I don't know the service that they're doing to putting half of these people on television. Is it the Braun Breaker show yet? Have they renamed it again to the Braun Braun Bon? Is it Bon like Bon Scott or Braun? Braun, like, B-R-O-N. not quite Braun. Okay, Braun Breaker. Like, like they're, Braun they're fast tracking him because okay. they announced there's going to be uh, NXT <clears throat> Halloween Havoc coming up at the end of the month, and Braun Breaker will be getting a title match against Tommaso Ciampa. So they're they are absolutely pulling the trigger on him. But okay. so many of the people they have put on television for NXT are so green and so not ready to work, but yet we're going to watch them. And and it just does a disservice to these guys. Sure. Yeah. Because how, how is anyone supposed, like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if you compare other sports, even it, even in college football, they had, High school football, probably Pop, uh, Pop Warner before that, yeah. all these things where it's like right. they learned their craft. So by the time yeah. they're on a stage like college, people are watching someone who has it together. Right. And you get excited for them to get drafted into the NFL. And it's clear they're trying to put together you know, a, a similar pipeline for WWE stars that you get invested with them in NXT. Now, you can argue how good or how poorly they've done in doing this in the past. But it's clear the idea is you get invested in them on NXT, they come up to the main roster, they flourish. Does it do them a disservice to you see them like a freaking baby deer learning how to walk prior to making it to Raw or SmackDown? The answer is yes, obviously. And this is what happens when you stop signing indie talent who know what the fuck they're doing and start hiring fitness models and, and former other athletes from other sports to try and, um, you know, make their way in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, I'm sorry, sports entertainment. I apologize. I forgot we're talking about <laughs> WWE now. It's a marked yeah. difference there. Uh, and yeah, that, that, that's what happens. And, you know, granted, well, here's, here's a, here's an example. Um, it's not, it's, it's not, it's apples and oranges, but it's kind of similar. Everybody, uh, remembers well at least if you were watching at the time Parker, when Be- Pepper when- Farm remembers if no one yes. else Becky Lynch the man mm-hmm. the champion first woman headliner WrestleMania blah 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 yeah. Becky Two Belts all this stuff you, how often are people bringing up the fact that when she made her NXT debut they had her fucking doing a jig down the fucking uh, sort of thing <laughs> you know things that happen at the beginning of their their people's careers get fucking remembered even when they're champions and headlining WrestleMania yeah. you know that has not been washed away into the ether that is something that exists and you could probably find that episode on the uh, on the on the cock yes um, yes the award you know, winning have, cock it would take you a very long time to dig and find it probably but yeah. i'm sure it's in there somewhere yeah, uh, undoubtedly. And it's just it's just strange. And what's also weird, NXT, this 2.0 push is supposed to be this push of the the youth movement. And, and they're, they're trying to draw in a younger audience for it, which <laughs> which is why they emphasis you know, on trying. Yeah, they, they this is you know, this is why they change the visuals. They change the music, all these things. They're, they're trying to draw a younger audience. It came out this week, uh, tip of the hat to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, who uh, does the due diligence of going through the ratings every week and not just giving us the number, but like, you know, uh, pulling additional information from it. The (laughs) 
the average age of a viewer of NXT, at least this past Wednesday, was 62. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's you can file for early retirement while you're watching <laughs> NXT 2.0. 62. Yeah. yeah, this is someone who was 40 when the Monday Night Wars happened. Oh, don't put that in the no, don't, don't do that math. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to do that math. Because <laughs> then, then you know, then I start doing the math and what how old I was and how old I am now and how yeah, old yeah, I'm going to yeah. be, no, and no, then I, I just get I, depressed. I, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. But what the fuck? Sixty two years old. What the, I the, the, I know we've joked about the WWE fandom dying off. But they're literally tied off. Yeah, it's a uh, it's certainly an, an issue over there. Um, I'm not sure if they are going to figure out what the fix is for that. Um, maybe they'll start getting you know some 50 year olds watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really bring you know? the number down by ten. Yeah, sure. Something. <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm not watching. Yeah, I I don't watch it live, and what I end up watching, I I fast forward to a lot, especially these days. Yeah, because it's just it's just rough. It is <laughs> it is difficult. Um, but hey, Chris, let's go yeah. ahead and dig into something that sounds difficult. But actually, it's been pretty good this week. It's New Japan Pro Wrestling. We are in the heat. Of the G1 Climax 31 and the moment I got Asia. Come on. No, I'm with you. Uh, uh, I got to say, Chris, it's still difficult to watch compared to, say, Dynamite or or any other wrestling that has a live crowd. Yeah, it is. It is is very different. the, The guys are busting their ass. Sure. And and some people are delivering in ways I did not anticipate. Uh, okay, let me let me uh, let me venture a guess as to to whom you're referring. Um, Zack Saber Jr. Uh, he he's delivering on levels I didn't expect. Okay, but he's he's not my A one here. The, the 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 two shockers will shock you. Okay, so one of them will be the Great Okan. Absolutely, him versus Abushi okay. from Friday was. Out of this world, good. It shouldn't okay. have been, but it absolutely ruled. All right, and then I would say the other one that's shocking you. Oh, wow, who will shock me? I mean, Tai Chi's not that much of a shock. Tai yeah, Chi, when, when Tai Chi gives a shit, yeah, Tai Chi's good. Yeah. Tai Chi's like Sonata level. Sa- of, I was just gonna say, yeah, <laughs> same same for Sonata. Right. Uh, who was it that pinned? Oh, oh fucking Chase Owens pinned not Tanahashi. Not Chase Owens. Chase Owens okay. is not surprising right. me. Tanahashi being that that selfless is what surprised me there. All right. So the the shocker I'm going to say uh if not just for uh comedy's sake is Yoshihashi. Uh no. Uh okay. but you are not far off. Tangaloa is having the G1 really? of a lifetime. He in that uh that machine gun run from uh when he made it to the final sort of situation there. <laughs> I mean, he's not winning. But no. in terms of his performances, <laughs> okay, he is he's blowing Godo. me away. Yeah, he's Goto this year. Yeah, yeah, he he is. Even Goto ain't Goto this year. Right, uh, right, right. Shingo is. Tangaloa is like trying to show something. He's like trying to teach the world something this okay. year. 
Um, him versus Ibushi from the other night was really good. And I know it's against uh, Ibushi, but like he has been a genuine surprise in this tournament. I think with people who are, you know, mostly in tag teams, you know, you, they, they get into a rhythm of the tag team matches. So when they get a chance to shine in, you know, some singles matches, then they can really, you know, turn it up and show what they yeah. can do. And that, I always I always love seeing that. Um, granted, I've watched all of one match of the entire G1 so far. <laughs> I feel awful about it. Um and I want to go back and check some of them, but I'm just uh, at this point, it's, we're about three weeks into the tournament. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're oh, next weekend is the finals. Like we're holy shit. We are we are fast approaching the end of it in terms of where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, Cody, Kota Abushi is leading the A block with 12 points. OK. Um, and talking about people who have not been mathematically eliminated. Uh, Shingo's got 10, Kenta's got 10, Zack Sabre Jr.'s got 10. Sabre, though, I feel like he's on the downswing in his tournament. Right. The first half of the tournament was filled with a lot of star-making matches for ZSJ, cutting killer promos, got a win over Shingo, which tells me he's going to get a shot in the fall. Sure. But he's definitely dropping off. Then you got Ishii, who has been awesome, but, yeah. uh, you know, he he's always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah. And uh, Toro Yano, who is going to be spoiler to somebody in these final days. Um, I'm definitely thinking Abushi is going to his fourth final. Uh, and, and <sighs> Three wins in a row there? I mean, that would be... I, I could see it happening. What I think is more interesting, though, is the B block. Okay. Because right now at the top, tied with 12 points, you have Jeff Cobb and Okada. Ooh, okay. And they, they still have a match coming up, yes? They do, yes. Yeah. So no one's got a lead on the other, and then you've got yeah. Evil and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Evil could play spoiler to either Cobb or Okada. I feel like the finals are okay. going to be Ibushi and Cobb, with Cobb going to Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, boy. Mm. I feel like if they're they, running that they, back at the Dome. Man, I mean, the match... Between Shingo and Cobb from last year's Wrestle or, or this year's Wrestle Kingdom, rather, was such a fucking banger. So you do that again after all the growth both of them have had, plus the um, World Heavyweight title involved. Oh, yeah, I'm fully erect. Yeah, because I mean, uh, Abushi's still down a step, which still makes him one of the best wrestlers in the world. But he's it's true. He's yeah. not. He's not. <laughs> you know, 2020 Abushi. He's not God nineteen Abushi. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like. This is the moment to pull the trigger on Cobb. He's he's yeah. ready. He's yeah. absolutely ready. But yeah, uh, Evil and Tanahashi are the only ones left with any possibility. Everybody else Ooh. has been eliminated in the beat. If Evil wins, we riot. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and then, of I, course, there was the whole controversy with Kevin Kelly yeah. saying that people are going to cancel the network if Evil wins and people misinterpreting that. I was like, God, yeah. oh, come on, guys. Well, you know, Kevin Kelly also has some terrible political opinions. So, um, you know. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. No, he's bad. Uh, I wish I didn't know that. I liked Kevin uh, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, you know, if you want to do a fun Twitter search of, uh, of no, uh, think Kevin will. Kelly and charter schools. Um, oh, jeez. Get a nice oh, little no. there. Um, Yikes. Bummer. Before, <laughs> before we dig into all things AEW, and, and there is a lot to cover, uh, just some random notes from around the wrestling world. The inspiration the former Iconics, uh, with their new names of Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay, uh, will be debuting for Impact Wrestling at Bound for Glory, which is 
next weekend or the weekend after. Sure. Uh, it's coming up real soon. <laughs> that was announced during the Impact Knockouts Knockdown show last night. Okay. Uh, All so right. Very exciting there. Also, now are they going to do like their pose and say, Inspire? Is that what they're going to do? Possibly. We'll find that out. Would be less good. Really, to me, the biggest problem is they're not going to have Kayla to yell at. That, that is. Uh, yeah. They'll that, find somebody. There's oh, got to yeah. be some short uh, in backstage interviewer there. Yeah. I don't know. Who Gail they Cam. Can. They can yell at Gail Cam. That could work. <laughs> is Gail Kim still around? Uh, she is. Yes. Yes. And she okay, is an on screen uh, person. So th- that, that will work. Um, yeah. MLW, uh, they had the Fightland show air on Vice this past Thursday, getting mm-hmm. a whopping 40,000 viewers. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, uh, MLW's never really been a uh, massive organization, so fit. they were probably happy with that. But they had two title changes. Alexander Hammer- Hammerstone beat Jacob Fatu and is now the world champion for MLW. And Tajiri is the middleweight champion. Uh, ah, so that Myron that was Reed. the the title match that he won at the show we were at. Yes, right? exactly. From that battle royal, the, the battle riot. Battle, uh, sorry, Battle Riot, yeah. Also announced is Will Ospreay will be making his MLW debut this fall, so he's getting some extra work while here in the States. Okay. Um, also, GCW ran in uh, New Jersey last night, a big show at the Showboat Casino uh, in New Jersey. It was headlined by John Moxley versus Nick Gage in a death match for the GCW World Championship. Moxley retains... Okay. Uh, after getting bloodied up like crazy within opening minutes, literally, as soon as the announcements ended, Nick Gage chucked a bundle of light tubes at the head of Mox. Ugh, man. Um, okay. All right. And if you want uh, a real delight, just dig into Renee Paquette's tweets uh, <laughs> just, just during the match last night. I feel for her. I do. Uh, I do. But Moxley ends up winning the whole to do. Um, but the big announcement coming out of that is GCW will be running the Hammerstein Ballroom in New oh. York City uh, in January 2022. January 23rd is the date of the show. No match is announced as of yet. You have to assume that Moxley will be uh, part of it because he is the sure. world champion. And uh, probably running back him versus Gage is the biggest match they could do right now. Um, yeah, I don't think Mox and uh, Zack Ryder is going to do it. Yeah, well, uh, Zack Ryder regained his internet title last night, beating Effie with the assistance of the surprise GCW debut of uh, Chelsea Green. She yeah, I saw the chair there. shot, which would looked hideous. Yes, absolutely brutal. Also, as a surprise last night, the Briscoes appeared, and they're going to be challenging oh. for the GCW tag titles, I would assume, at the Hammerstein Ballroom show. Who are the is that uh, is that Janela and Marco or uh, they just have a regular um, match last night? The uh, the the tag team champions right now are Matthew Justice and Mance Warner. Uh, okay, who are called the Second Gear Crew, but basically they're both good old boys. So yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. a throwdown of four good old boys. Whew, uh, yeah, all the all the rebel flags out that match. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and hey, having the Briscoes on that show probably a, a nice little bump up in in. Uh, star level for oh, the Hammerstein show. I mean, Hammerstein is 2,500 people, I think. So, uh, yeah. And, and only, uh, you know, uh, 1,200 1, of them can see. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> suffice to say your boys will probably not be going to that show. Uh, uh, unless we're on the floor or uh, right on the edge of the balcony. Yeah. Uh, but, but probably uh, not. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty cool moment for GCW to be able to, uh, uh, grow to that standard. So, yeah. uh, wishing them the best of luck on that, but Hey Chris, let's go ahead and dig into 
are we going to are we, we going to start by awarding our uh, roughhouse uh, wrestler of the week? Oh, or, oh we're we're know? gonna get there. We're, okay, we're gonna All get right. there. We're I'm excited there. for this so, segment. Uh, what what I will what I will say first and foremost is because we didn't get to talk about the week prior, uh, we have a new TNT champion, as Sammy oh, Guevara yeah? beat Miro in an awesome main event on Dynamite. Uh, we had the surprise return of Leo Rush mm-hmm. to AEW, local boy. With a weird, I'm I'm not I'm not sold on this gimmick yet. It's not quite Money Matt Hardy. Yeah, I don't. Uh, uh... I don't know. I mean, Leo's a good talker. He's great in ring. Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it a chance to to play out. Um, you know, is he like building a stable? I, I don't. Uh, I don't. It, I don't it know. feels like if nothing else, he's trying to uh, get in the ear of Dante Martin. I mean, okay. I mean, he also Dante Martin just got murdered. On- he did. He did. <laughs> he get. He got absolutely murked. Yeah. Um, and also on Rampage last week, we had him. Freaking amazing match between Brian Danielson and Nick Jackson, which, yeah, if uh, you did not get a chance to see last Friday night, um, by all means, dig in, find it on the TNT app uh, or tell fight.tv that you are in the UK for an hour and uh, check that out. Before we before we move on, what were your thoughts on Sammy and Miro? Do you think, uh, you know, was it too soon to take the title off Miro? What are you, where, where's your head at? Heading into the match, I thought it was too soon. As the mm-hmm. match progressed, it felt like the moment. Okay. Because the match built so strongly on stories told in the Fuego matches, in the uh-huh. Eddie Kingston match, you know, about the neck and everything. And, and I, I thought it was a good moment because Sammy is a guy that needed that sort of rocket ship behind him. Um, yeah. he, he needed that big moment. And, and if, it came off like a big moment. It so, um, you know had we uh i think even we did the show you know the sunday before wasn't super in love with the idea of taking the belt off but in that moment watching that match it felt like the time okay yeah i mean i'm always happy for sammy to win a to win a title that's uh that's a good thing there um i was kind of the same way like miro has just been nothing but fucking awesome yeah ever since you know winning the title and even Ever since he finished with the whole video game bit, Miro's been fucking killer. Yeah. His promos have been awesome. The, the in-ring stuff has been on point. But uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat there. My my, I'm just wondering where does Miro go next? You know, without a title there, there aren't a lot of you know there aren't a ton of like big baby faces that aren't involved in, in the main event scene right now for him to tangle with unless you do like a, a Miro Punk or a Miro Mock sort of thing. Um, but Punk seems tied up with, I don't know, fucking look like uh, is Team Taz, he done with Team Taz? Because now he's moving on to 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it's a little hard to say. Uh, I mean, I would love to see uh, Punk against Miro. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Like that, that, that would be really cool. But then um, it's who wins that. I mean, yeah. Then then Miro yeah. eats another L. You know, right? Uh, I also feel like that this may be a little bit of time off for Miro because Miro went real hard for God. Yeah. When did he beat Sam or uh, beat Darby for the belt? It was easily four months ago. It was still the Daily's place era. So yeah. So he was. So that was God. That was back in May. Uh, yeah. pre-May. So he was champion for five, six months and he was on the show every uh, almost every week murdering somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, or cutting a killer promo. So I, I feel like, you know, maybe it is time just to give him a little bit of time off because AEW loves to cycle guys in and out. 
It's true. So, um, you know, I just hate to lose that momentum, you know, I, I understand how, how you feel, but you know, to use a, a schlegelism, can't miss you if you don't go away. Yeah. And when Miro pops back up, people will lose their mind. And I have an idea about where that might be, but we'll talk about that as we go through ah, dynamite. I see. Yes. Okay. So Dynamite started with a big fight feel. It was eight-man tag, everybody in the ring. You had the yeah. super elite of Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson against Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and the Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Jesus fucking Christ, this match ruled. <laughs> this is this is why I love AEW. Because sure, it's a tag team match with a bunch of people who are involved in a feud, which is something that WWE over the course of, you know, Raw's and SmackDown did a lot. But those matches were fucking boring on WWE. This <laughs> match was fucking anything but. I mean, this it's it was a PWG spot fest. Everybody just got in there, did their shit, kicked each other in the face, did all the flippy dives and and everything. This is this is my my brand of of, of pro wrestling. I'm not talking yes. about AEW. I'm talking about like that style of match. That is yeah. That is my shit right there. Everyone gets their moment. There, there's the drama in the excitement. Yeah. Um, Christian Cage getting taken out with uh, a, a very ugly indie taker on the floor. Yeah. Um, calling back to you know the history of neck injuries that Christian has had and so on. Sure. Uh, so the faces were in peril uh, very early on. Uh, I also want to point out Jungle Boy at some point doing a run of the floor that looked like he, everyone involved was going to die. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. That was <laughs> one very of the ugly. scariest runs I've ever seen. And there was a moment, and I, I, I said this to you over text, Chris. There was a moment where Brian Danielson was getting all fired up. I forget who. I think he was beating up one of the Jacksons. Yeah. Brian Danielson legitimately came off not just like one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, but the greatest wrestler ever, maybe? Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of gotten he's kind of transcended you know he's yeah. he you know to steal the the phrase from abushi he's he's god of wrestling yeah he's incredible he's yeah absolutely incredible right now i mean uh, i i thought i could not love brian danielson more but this run in aew has you didn't realize that there were certain things holding him back yeah, well, here's what I think it is. I mean, his Ring of Honor run, you know, clearly fantastic and and mostly wrestling based. He did character work back then. Yeah. But I feel like his run in WWE really fine-tuned his uh, pro wrestling resume. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, in, he in learned how he, to it be rounded him larger out. than life. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and work and milk those big moments and 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 things like that. And you know, it's a credit to WWE, which I don't like to give. Um, you know, <laughs> there's probably a handful of guys behind the scenes who really uh, helped forge the thing, but um but yeah, he he's just totally complete now. Everything about him fires on all cylinders. Like if if you looked if you had a trading card and flipped it over, his stats are all maxed. I yes, mean, that's yeah. that's Daniel Bryan right now. He he is out of this world. And then another guy who's having one of those you don't want to say resurgence because it indicates there was a downfall. But another guy who is getting that shot in the arm right now is Adam Cole. Adam Maybe. Cole feels like one of the biggest stars in the world. Absolute and, superstar, yeah. And it's not that he didn't in NXT because he was one of the top guys there. And sure. him winning the belt was such a big moment and everything. But it feels like those restrictions, those things that were tampering him down are gone. 
Yeah. And something I also loved about this match was you saw momentarily, though he was the guy to eat the fall, you saw uh, – I'm sorry, Jungle Boy was the guy who ate the fall, but uh, a guy who got the shit kicked out of him. Luchasaurus hearkening yeah. all the way back to that, that love the fans had for him like in some of the first Dynamites. Yeah. Luchasaurus came off like a massive star in this well, match. That hot tag he had where he just fucking wrecked everybody was yes. ab- that was yes. Cesaro level hot tag. Yeah. It, it was an all timer. Um just just fantastic. And yeah, I mean the crowd the crowd really helped the show a lot. And th- even if the crowd had been dead, the show still would have ruled. But the crowd being so into it and so hot definitely took the show to a, to another level. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was out of this world. Jungle Boy sadly eating a pin again, again. But thankfully, due to a four way BTE trigger, which is just like you get murdered a billion times over. So a lot of kicks to the head yeah. in that match, man. Yes, uh, out of this world match. Absolutely loved it, and the uh, AEW Seki Gun against Super Elite feud continues. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm for it. Keep it going, man. Do a variation of it every week. Yes. John Moxley backstage. He said he he has lost patience for anything that takes patience because he has a three-month-old at home and she's insane. Yeah. Great, great Uh, promo. So, uh, you know, he's ready to have this ladder match. Then we had CM Punk come out. Punk milking it again. (laughs) At least he's He's he's, self-aware. He's self-aware. Yeah. Uh, thanked Philly, and more importantly, he called out Daniel Garcia for Dynamite. Or not Dynamite, yeah. sorry, Rampage. Rampage, yes. yeah. And then we had the Arn Anderson promo. Oh my fucking God. Arn Anderson, go. a week after slapping the taste out of Cody's mouth, talking about using a Glock, Arn Anderson is now hanging out in Cody's backyard setting suits on fire. Yep, full on barrel on fire in the backyard. Just an amazing, an amazing piece of pro wrestling art right there. Yeah. And I love that he's talking, and Cody comes out on the balcony like, "Bro, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're in my part. backyard." <laughs> then, he, then he comes down. He's like, "This was a fucking expensive suit, you old coot. What the hell are you yeah. doing?" And he's and, like, give and, me the tie. I want to set yeah. it on fire. Give me the tie. And no. then he gives him the tie. <laughs> yeah, slaps him across the face. Gives him the tie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and pleasure to say that Arn Anderson, between last week and this week, has become the first ever Rathaus Podcast Wrestler of the Week. That's right. <laughs> you did audio production for this. I love you. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> We may only give that out once, so let me hit yeah. that again. Rathouse Podcast Wrestler of the Week. <laughs> there you that's, go. That's, that's living in perpetuity, man. We're hitting that every week now. <laughs> that is that is a gorgeous piece of audio. I love it. You're you're welcome. I, I did that an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud you. I applaud you. Uh, we had a video package talking about uh, Jimmy Chicken. Jimmy Chicken showed uh, training in an MMA cage and talking about how he's going to take out Sammy Guevara. Sammy was shown giving a new truck to Fuego Del Sol. And then we had a TNT championship match between Sammy and Bobby Fish, a.k.a. Jimmy Robert Chicken. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest. An auspicious start to the Sammy Guevara era. Uh, I, this did nothing for me. 
The match was fine. It, it that's had, the thing. It was fine. Yeah, coming off of the hype atmosphere and 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 the match itself with Miro and everything. I mean, the time this was a cold that, match. Seen Sammy have a match with Sean Spears, which punched way above its fighting level. Like, well, there was a story attached. This, yeah. this there was nothing here. There was nothing except this guy coming in, who people wink wink knew from the other company and maybe New Japan. <laughs> Coming yeah. in and, you know, to prove that he's the greatest, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, did Normal nothing story. for me. Did absolutely yeah. nothing for me. And frankly, uh, you know, they did the whole announcement that Bobby Fish is all elite. Uh, cool, I guess. I mean, I, I don't. If, if he's in a Matt Seidel role, if he's here to make other people look good with having a name and everything, I'm cool with it. I don't give a shit about Bobby Fish. I'm sorry. He's a talented guy. He's yeah. on the he's on the wrong side of the age spectrum for what yep. AEW should be doing, and he doesn't like doesn't move the needle. He doesn't move the needle. He, you know, credit for what he's done, credit for all the awesome work he's had. I prefer Kyle O'Reilly to him. <laughs> yeah, no, in pretty much every facet. And to get if they were together, it'd be a different story. If it was Red Dragon, you know, coming in together, but KO yeah. or the other yeah, Kyle O'Reilly, there's a lot of KOs. Yeah. Uh, that Kyle O'Reilly uh, is still still in NXT, and yeah. you know that's not happening. So I just, you know, put put them on uh put them on dark to to put over you know your Dante Martins and your uh you know uh. Uh, Mark Quinn's of the world or whatever. I don't fucking yeah. care. I just, I don't need to see him anywhere associated with Adam Cole. I don't want to see that. No. Uh, no. Cause that Unless will make Adam Cole Adam less Cole cool. Him. Yeah. 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 No, not, I mean, I meant like together as in like a, a, a team or in cahoots yeah. or, or whatever. And, and the thing is they announced on rampage, you're going to do him and, and Brian Danielson, which should be fine. But again, it doesn't move the needle for me. No. Like I'm no, more excited that Daniel Bryan's, Brian Danielson, whatever, is going to be in a match. Like, that's... Yeah. That's all... Uh, that's the selling point. But but you had this match where it was like, eh, it was fine. And then you had Men of the Year and America's Top Team come out. And yeah. they marked Sammy and Jericho and Hager made the save. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Sammy just last week was put over as his big deal. Yep. So he has a lukewarm match and becomes secondary... Third, yeah. ...to this... Chris Jericho feud with America top team. Not a great start for this man. No, no, it's really not. And I get, they wanted to have, you know, a, a trio to, to fight, you know, uh, the men of the year and whichever MMA guy it is. Um, junior dos Santos. Junior, junior dos Santos. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I mean, it just, it's not doing Sammy any favors. No, I will say the one thing in this segment that worked was that they cut the music? They cut Jericho's music right at the fucking chorus, knowing that the crowd would sing. That was yes. perfectly executed. Yeah, and, and credit uh, where credit is due. Dan Lambert losing his fucking yeah. mind. Yep, trying to cut a promo over the crowd singing. Beautiful, so good. Like yeah. my problem with Dan Lambert has never been his promo ability. It's it was the lack of focus. It was the lack of direction. Right. Dan Lambert can promo his ass off and him having to battle a Philadelphia crowd to get his words out was awesome. I, I yeah. thought that was fantastic, but God, what a, what a shitty way for Sammy to start as TNT champ. 
Yeah, I, I almost feel like I'd rather see a uh, what's her name? Paige Van Zandt. Is that? Yes. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd rather see her in like a Thunder Rosa sort of uh, get into a tangle um, yes. more so than I would. Paige Van Zandt you know. came off like an absolute star in, in her yeah. run in there. Like she had felt like one previously. Hundred percent felt like a star there. She's got the charisma for sure. Right, right. They claim we're backstage. Max Caster doing a rap uh, about the Lucha Bros tag title match coming up on Rampage, which we'll talk about in a few. Um, Then we had the big announcement of the TBS Championship. This will be a secondary title for the women's division, very similar to what the TNT title is for the men's division. Totally cool with it. Belt looks nice. It does. My (sighs) issue. And I know it doesn't make a lot of sense for what they're doing. I would have loved if they had they used the old TBS logo because the new Fair. TBS logo is not very good. It's not. <laughs> and and bless term. the many people on the internet pointing this out. If you don't get a good look at the TBS logo. No idea what the fuck it says. Well, it looks like it says hose. Oh, my God. <laughs> The hose title for the women's division. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yes. Not great. Yeah. The logo. I, I, I wish they had brought back the retro TBS Superstation logo for yeah, it. That would have um, been lovely. But, you know, I, 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 the, the good thing here is that this will lead to more storylines in the women's division. Um, which right, has been right. something that has been sorely needed. And, uh, and we, certainly we seems like this is Jay Cargill's show for it. Yeah, this has Jade Cargill has to be the first champ. Hundred percent. It, it it's hers to lose. It's going to be her or Rosa, and I think Rosa's better served, you know, chasing chasing the the yeah. main women's title. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. Darby had to sit down with Jr. talking about the uh, promo he and MJF had the week prior. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I think it's interesting they are to the point of having a T-shirt for it. They are pushing the four pillars of AEW as Darby, MJF, Sammy, and Jungle Boy. Yeah, it's a weird shirt to wear, though. Oh, oh, it's a weird shirt, but I, I just like the fact that they're pushing it as a as a concept. Well, they're a t-shirt company. Why well, wouldn't they, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 I just like the fact that they're acknowledging, like, these are the four guys we've built the future sure. around. Um, yeah, and yeah, and MJF and Darby, I think, is a good feud because they are so dramatically different. Uh, a risk taker versus a risk adverse guy. Uh, someone yeah. who will always do the most versus someone who tries to get away with the least. Yep. Um, Someone who is filled with self-doubt versus someone who doesn't have an ounce of it. Uh, I, I, I think it's a, a very, very good and interesting feud. Um, so we're going to see how that goes. Uh, Give me did... Sting versus Wardlow now. <laughs> yes, please and thank you. And we just don't see... don't let them do that uh, that knee drop off the rope thing on, uh, yeah. or that on Sting because that yeah. will literally break his neck. Or the fucking power slam he did on uh, uh, Marco Stunt on Elevation. Oh, on my that. God. Yeah. He launched him into the fucking stratosphere. <laughs> uh, Darby Allen had a match with Nick Camarado from the factory, uh, mm-hmm. the freak beast himself. Uh, totally fine match. It was more squash to put Darby over, but uh, Camarado is getting some serious back knees. So maybe cycle down, my dude. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell because it was all in picture. The match was entirely in picture in picture. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. I didn't realize. I saw like the opening thirty seconds and the closing twelve seconds. So didn't get a good look at that uh, that back knee there. Yeah. Dark Order is backstage. Everybody is on the same page again. No more leaders. Yeah. They are going to yeah. vote on things moving forward. So interesting, considering what happens later in the night. Yes. 
Dante Martin in the ring with Tony Schiavone saying for the last few months he's been a problem for everybody else in AEW. He said he wants to fight anybody. You know, he's put Kenny Omega to the test and, and all these guys. So it's life- good promo. Yeah, uh, especially for a guy who we've seen cut zero live promos right. before. Yeah, on live TV in Philadelphia. He did pretty well. Yeah. Lights go out. Malachi Black appears. <laughs> Until Sabu shows. Oh, wait, no. Uh, I, I, I wanted Sabu. It's Philly, Philly, right? Philly would have lost their fucking mind. It, it would have been the place to do it. Yeah. The lights go out. Sabu's in there. Points to this guy. Lights go out again. Malachi Black. Yeah. They... Kicks him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Just no Tommy Dreamer at this point, please. <laughs> yes. Um, but... Black's in the ring. He spits the Muda Mist in the face of Dante, hits the kick, lights go out again. Uh, Black's alone in the ring with uh, Dante all the way out on the floor. And yeah. uh, he says the House of Black accepts. So that feud is on. Yeah, man. Did you, I, know, I don't know. I told you not to, but did you listen to his uh, unrestricted interview? No, no. After you told me not to bother? <laughs> no. That, I've got enough of a backlog on podcasts. I, I, I appreciate when someone tells me not to bother with one. This the Malachi Black on Unrestricted. I think Tony and Aubrey maybe asked in total five or six questions in the entire <laughs> 45 to 50 minute podcast because the guy fucking rambles with his head up his ass about just I, I could not take it. I, it was so insufferable to listen to. He sounds he sounds super to me, at least. And, you know, guys, please let me know if you felt differently if listened. But it, he just seems so far up his own ass and smug and like, you know, this is my art and I'm taking so much time and effort into putting this art together. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're a pro wrestler, dude. <laughs> you know, like, God, you're you're it was Please just was, kick people was, and move on, my dude. Right. Yeah. I don't need to know the lore and all these. I was just fucking. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty terrible. You know, the comparison I can make here. Uh, and, and I don't know how many people it's going to resonate with, but I think it's going to resonate with you, Chris. Coheed okay. and Cambria. <laughs> I loved, uh, absolutely adored, let's call it the first three or four albums by Coheed and Cambria. And okay. right. I so was very... Siege, uh, Turbine Blade, and then you got uh, Keeping Secrets, and then um, Good Apollo. Exactly. And okay. I, w- I was into the idea that there was this connected story and, you know, trying uh-huh. to piece together the little bits here and there from lyrics and, you know, ha- yeah. had a mind's eye version of it. And your mind's eye. Uh, right. And there was a moment, I want to say it was before the fourth album came out, where the, the lead singer, the songwriter, Claudio, Claudio. Sanchez, mm-hmm. actually wrote a comic book. I remember. I think I have the first issue. I think I got him to sign it when I met him in the studio once. But anyway, but continue. Telling the story. Finally yeah. putting pen to paper and yeah. and you know, pen pen and ink to page to show us what the story was supposed to be. It was the dumbest bullshit I ever read. <laughs> <laughs> it well, was I mean, actively bad. I don't even remember the the content of the of the the Amory Wars, I think they called yes, it or yeah. something like that. Yeah, the 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 awesome song uh, 10 speed of God's blood and burial. Yeah. yeah great. Is about a literal fucking bicycle. <laughs> Look, I, <laughs> you're, you're making selling points here. Uh, I personally <laughs> have the never music been still more... rules. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 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 
I'm not a lyric guy. I'm a music guy. So they could be, you know, and, and are saying some just gibberishy shit. Uh, as long as the music is catchy and sounds good, I'm into it. I'll sing along with it, but I'm not going to put any thought into what yeah. the fuck they're saying or the story they're telling. Like even bands like I really love, uh, you know, like the the metal equivalent of um, Coheed and Cambria is like Between the Buried and Me. Yeah. They do full albums that are concept you know records through and through with you know yeah. uh much more musicianship and screaming but it's sort of the same sort of thing and i'll listen to it and i'll i'll, I'll jam or whatever but i'm like am i going to sit down and try and figure out what the fucking story they're telling is no that's not me bro. <laughs> but yeah i was just like jesus fucking christ this yeah I get that. That's the feeling I had listening to Malachi Black on the yes, street. Yeah. So. And, and it's one of those things where the more you engage with their version of it, the more you're like, maybe I don't like that work as much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida had a match. The story was uh, if Shida won, it would be her 50th victory in AEW. They had a little glass trophy. And I got to be honest, Chris. As soon as I saw that trophy, I knew Serena Deeb was going to win. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's uh, that's smart. You start another feud. You you yeah. know put reestablish Deeb as a as, as a, a killer. Yeah, as yeah. a heel. Yeah, because I think it was was it the pre-show at All Out? Uh, uh, double or, or was nothing. it double or nothing? It was it double. Was, it was that long ago. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was the first wow. first show in front of a live crowd. So yeah, it was that's double right. or nothing, and it was her. And uh, Riho, who had an absolutely killer match. And there were some match elements of that in this one, which was also very good. Yeah. Uh, complete with uh, Deeb running back the uh, absolute fuck your knees uh, uh, yeah. set up to the Serenity Lock. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all about Deeb being a heel, uh, especially yeah. now that she's been past the uh, of a thousand moves moniker by Dean Malenko. Which is great, yeah. Um, which which is so awesome. Um, I, I was I was very very into this, and then post match, D took the the trophy and broke it over Sheeta's head. So uh, of course, this feud must continue. Thank so, you, Fink. Yes, anytime. Uh, but yeah, enjoyed that a lot. And then the main event of Dynamite on Wednesday was the Casino Ladder Match: John Moxley, Lance Archer, Pac, Andrade, El Idolo, Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, and then the Joker was a returning hangman Adam Page who got a Steve Austin god pop yeah, you upon popping up. Good lord. Okay, this Man. match ruled. Like Yes. Th th this was this was one of those matches where everyone had their moments mm -hmm. and everyone's moments weren't just great ladder match moments, but they were great moments for the characters. Yeah. OC having moments throughout the match where he got to have a ladder match in an OC style was right. fantastic. Pac and Andrade murdering the hell out of each other with some crazy yeah. flippy dudes was fantastic. Matt Hardy throwing back the old Hardy boys leg drop through a table. Awesome. Yep. Mox not even bothering to take his vest off because <laughs> yeah. he wants to just try to murder everybody. Fantastic. And Paige coming out like a demon from hell murking people hitting yeah. that the fucking buckshot through a table on Pac. dead eye i'm sorry dead eye thank you yeah. um and so the fall away slam on oc into like the edge of the one fucking ladder <sighs> that looked absolutely painful as oh shit oh my god oh and archer it got stuck in pitcher and pitcher but 
uh, when he made his entrance, he came out and he murdered everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, because well, everybody, everybody dies. dies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was so good. Like everyone's yeah. stock was risen by this match. Yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. It was fun because um, I had it on at the bar where I was doing trivia and uh, I the game had finished early, which is rare. So I was just kind of standing around with one of my teams who don't watch wrestling and was watching this match. And they're like, why are there always tend to be ladders and tables around? I'm like, well, it's a ladder match. Like, oh, okay. And then they they kind of got sucked into it with all the, you know, uh, violence and everything happening. And then I'm like, I, I preemptively apologized. I said, hey, you know, the 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 surprise guy is going to come out in a minute. I apologize if I lose, lose my shit. And then I and we didn't have audio on, so it was just video. And then I saw the the Tron of uh, of Paige like, oh, fuck, Paige is back. And they're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I said, he's the guy, man. He's the next guy. He's been gone for a while, but now he's back and he wants his title shot. He has a whole story with the champion. And, you know, I gave the, the quick two cents and then he just started wrecking shit. And they were, uh, you know, everybody who was watching was drawn in. Yeah. And Paige ends up winning. He pulls down the poker chip. He's number one contender. And yeah, I, I guess it's him and Omega at full gear. Uh which hell yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Um I I'm very, very excited. Uh I, I'm very I, I can't wait to see what happens. And let's go ahead and now talk about the other show of the week. You know, Excalibur said it's the fastest hour in pro wrestling. It it's hard to argue because yeah. it just zooms by. Uh, nice. kicked off with CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia. Uh, sorry. It, it kicked off rather with a face to face promo with Mark Henry moderating. Yeah. With, uh, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia and CM Punk, uh, Punk calling 2.0, the nasty boys, little brothers, which was a nice little touch pop. Uh, but it was punk versus Garcia. Awesome match and a hell of a week for Daniel Garcia. On Wednesday, Daniel Daniel Garcia got to work CM Punk. On Thursday, he worked Alex Shelley on the first yeah. episode of Beyond Wrestling's weekly show. Uh, the new season started on IWTV. And then Friday night, he got to work Minoru Suzuki. Man, for a 23-year-old kid? You kidding me? Yeah. Out of <laughs> this world. Ridiculous. But Punk and Garcia was just damn fine pro wrestling. You, you had the veteran babyface versus the grumpy heel who is you know trying to to you know scrap his way to the next level in pro wrestling and he's the twink Minoru suzuki yes yes (laughs) uh and and it ruled it it absolutely ruled uh and also something i liked punk ends up winning with the anaconda vice so now punk is in the mix of AEW guys who have multiple finishers which should be the way yeah it's great, especially for somebody as established and as as a veteran like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's 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 good shit. Um, the match was really good. Long boys were back for Punk, mm-hmm. so I guess he's rotating back Called and forth. Called out as Long Boys on commentary by Chris Jericho, yeah. and credit where credit is due. Jericho, yeah. the least annoying he's been on commentary maybe yes. since he started doing it in AEW. So yeah. he definitely reined it back. Um, and I think it was because he knew he had to, he had to hang with Taz and Excalibur who were just amazing together. Yeah. That, that duo is, is so good. Um, but yeah, great match for punk. Great. Another great star making moment for Garcia. Yep. Uh, I'm amazed. We still haven't had the Daniel Garcia is all elite, uh, image yet because yeah, they, 
it's clear they're behind the guy. Let's let's put pen sure, paper yeah. guys. Let's do this. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> if he's getting a marquee match with Punk, there there's definitely some interest there. There's got to be some kind of other contract thing going on with them. Indeed, we had a world tag team title match as the Lucha Bros defending against the acclaimed. Fun, quick match went under six minutes, uh, but. You said it on our Twitter. The Lucha Bros are such a fun team to watch. and Fucking love them. When, when I think about matches that have been held recently of similar styles and caliber, uh, yeah. Lucha Bros had a way better match with the Acclaim than they did it with Varsity Blondes. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, I, I really think that uh, Caster and Bowens are growing by leaps and bounds as a duo. They're feeling more and more like a team, you know, the, the caster situation with him being suspended briefly, yeah, kind of a halt to do, but I think it added to his like mystique a little bit. Um, yeah. it, because people genuinely seemed happy to see him come back. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm really into that duo and I, I think it's only a matter of time where they're legitimately in the mix for the tag team titles. Yeah, plus Max Caster on Twitter um, always uh, hitting on MJF is the funniest thing. <laughs> yes, 10 out of 10 there. <laughs> Very much enjoy that. Jade Cargill squashed Sky Blue. Sorry, Chris. My God, this is a fucking murder. <laughs> Post-match, Thunder Rosa ran in with a steel chair. So I, I think it's clear that if nothing else, the finals for the TBS title are going to be Jade and Rosa. As he should be. Uh, and the main event was the FTW Championship. Ricky Starks defending against Brian Cage in a Philly street fight. Uh, this was f- fine. Uh, yeah. I, I, Cage as a face really isn't working for me. Mm-mm. I think his days are numbered in AEW. Yeah, like once his contract's up, I feel like he's uh, going to be one of the one of the culling. That said, uh, Starks comes off like an absolute megastar. Uh, oh, I, absolutely. He's he's so goddamn great. Uh, and next week, what send we're, in hook. Yeah. <laughs> next week, what we're looking at is, of course, we were talking earlier, live rampage for Miami side Al versus punk bunny versus Ruby Soho, the six man with the inner circle versus the America top team trio. Then dynamite is going to have Bobby fish versus Brian Danielson, the Lucha bros defending the AAA tag titles against quote unquote, a masked tag team known only to be close friends of Andrade El Idolo. Yeah, I have no idea who it may be. I, or who's available, either. not yeah. under contract. Like, I I'm don't thinking, know. like, is it going to be Laredo Kid and somebody? Or is it, like, uh, Arez and... Um, oh, God, who was the other guy we saw at MLW? Oh, Aramis. Aramis. Like, is it them? Although Arez yeah. isn't masked. I mean... It could be a, a, a AAA, like, psycho clown, you know, yeah, something. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, you it, know. It, it, sky's the limit there. Plus, we're going to have Malachi Black versus Dante Martin, which I can't wait to see Martin do a full uh, 360 flip off of the uh, Black Mass for the finish. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to reveal the brackets for the World Title Eliminator Tournament, which is coming back, with the finals being at full gear. This is where I say, I think Paige is winning. At full gear, defeating okay. Kenny Omega. We're finally getting that big moment. And I say, that's how you bring back Miro. Put him in the tournament, have him murk people, and then Miro versus Paige for the belt. I love that idea. No no arguments or complaints about it. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And now, just one last time before we go. Roughhouse Podcast Wrestler of the Week. You're welcome, Chris. Stocked and glocked, baby. <laughs> 
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. This is WWE Chairman Vince McMahon. Well, the whole be a star thing didn't pan out, so be a dick. Bounce that little shit's head off a locker. How about a swirly, you little four-eyed bitch? Oh, is that your asthma inhaler? It's mine now! Oh, looks like you got a big train full of food. It's up in the air! Be a dick! Oh, that kid can't afford the same type of clothing that you have? The high-end, fashionable stuff all the popular kids are wearing? Yank his headgear out! Be a dick! You don't play sports? What a little bitch! Smack him in the ass and pull his underwear over his head. Be a dick! Oh, look at the little math genius, the math lead, trying to take wee wee number one with your little candy corn dick. Time for a swirly! Drinking your own little peanut dick juices, dork. Be a dick! <laughs>